Welcome to Cage Minds MMA Show. I'm Micah Frankel. Whether you're watching or listening, it's appreciated. You know the drill. Like, share, and subscribe. It all helps. Also, you can help by supporting Cage Minds, picking up some apparel at nmproshop.com. The new logo, the new design, it's out. Little bit updated. Got the hoodies, the t-shirts. Still got the original, just the logo. Hoodies, t-shirts, beanies, and on the coffee mugs. Again, that's nmproshop.com. Dot com, the YouTube channel, if you're listening, is Cage Minds MMA Show. And if you're watching and you haven't listened before, Cage Minds is wherever you can listen to all the interviews and the podcasts that go up audioly and with the vi- videos everywhere. Now on social media, keep up with what we're doing. Cage Minds Combat Sports News on Facebook at Cage Minds underscore CSN for Combat Sports News over on Instagram. A little too long to fit the whole thing. And the original at Cage Minds MMA on Twitter. Also involved in a couple other podcasts. So you can hear me on Mike Adams 2.0. That's every Saturday morning on ESPN Radio and the podcast everywhere you find yours. And not to mention doing two podcasts on the After Hours Podcast Network. Pro Wrestling After Hours and MMA After Hours, both alongside Mr. Michael Carlisle. So a lot of available media for you guys to consume, content that we're providing, photos and images mostly up on the Instagram, like we have the weigh-in photos from Fight World MMA 22. And to let you guys know, going to provide a little audio recap, my thoughts and feelings from the night here later. Not going to be part of this video though. So we'll get to business. Welcome to the show. It's time to talk about last week's fights. Start out with UFC Vegas 48 light heavyweight main event. Johnny Walker, Jamal Hill, We expected this one to end in spectacular fashion, and it did just that. Hill with the first round knockout. Johnny Walker, a lot of dedication, a lot of evolutions to his game. You saw that he had changed camps, moved from Vegas to Ireland. The man was globally in search of finding the answers to truly unlock his style was on a rocket ship to superstardom in his introduction to the UFC. The vicious knockouts, but getting knocked out himself, everything had came back to earth. The last fight, the main event against Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker loses that one because he just didn't pull the trigger. What would happen at UFC Vegas 48, he would come out much more aggressive, lining up that hard right kick, firing it to the body, much more aggressive Johnny Walker, but tactically aggressive, staying long, minding his P's and Q's. You could see the visual frustration of a Jamal Hill who felt he was being doubted all week long and just wanted to rip off Walker's head with one punch. Now we know that that kind of aggression can sometimes be counterintuitive to a fighter. You throw too hard, you get out of position, you're headhunting, you make a mistake, you're too angry. Well, maybe we were just reading into it that Jamal Hill was too angry. Because in all, it's a one-hitter quitter. It looked like the first shot that lands. It's a big overhand right, and it clips Walker right on the left side of his temple. 
and that sees Walker's body foil up and fail back. And all of a sudden, a vicious knockout victory, and the ref a little slow getting in there as Hill adds a cherry on top that was not needed of this Sunday. It was vicious enough. A contender jumping into the top ten right now. Jamal Hill, somebody you have to put respect on his name. Vulcan Uzdemir says he wants that smoke. Have to look at the rankings, but Jamal Hill is somebody that needs to be the focus. It's not where is he going next? Who is he going to fight next? We need to talk about that there's a contender. I had already said this year the light heavyweight division needed to come back around in a way it hadn't. The heavyweight division has so much of the attention, so much of the spotlight. It was good to see a light heavyweight main event live up to all the hype, live up to the hype early, and what we get walking away is a prospect that we can all get behind because of power in both hands, composure, defensively aware. Well, yes, Walker was firing off some good shots to the legs and the body. You saw an undaunted Jamal Hill. Hill even taking one of those high kicks right off his arm. Looked like there's a pretty good amount of swelling already starting just moments later after that knockout. But the night is all about Jamal Hill and getting it done in big fashion. In the co-main event, Kyle Dacus is able to make Jamie Pickett uncomfortable. When you're the grappler, you can do this to the striker. Pressing forward with your strikes and always making the striker wonder when is the takedown coming. Dacus pressing forward with the strikes, Trick Pickett into finally thinking it was going to be a striking battle. Landing on Pickett, and Pickett wanted to answer back. Comes forward, the level change, beautiful timing, the takedown. Kyle Dacus locks in the Darsh choke, and it's now, as I'm understanding, the nickname is official. He is Kyle King Darsh Choke Dacus. It fits if you've seen his superior grappling ability, the way he's able to chain together submissions. 185 pounds, a spectacular grappler coming up in the rankings. There was a lot of questions after that Kevin Holland incident, and now having a second opportunity in a co-main event, Dacus cashes in in a big way. And that ceiling of expectation, it definitely rises, and you expect he's going to be fighting for a spot in the rankings in his next one, maybe on a pay-per-view card, maybe he gets another fight night co-main event, but he definitely impressed. Always impressing and seeming to be timeless. Jim Miller defeats Nicholas Moda. I mean, nearly got finished in the first round. Clobbered with a right hand, staggered, but not down. Looked like he could have been out on his feet. It's a battle of the right hand for Moda versus the Miller leg kicks. Miller starting to wear down the Brazilian as the round wears on into the second round. Miller changes the game, explodes in on a right hook, drops Moda, the ground and pound for the finish. 40th time in the octagon. Jim Miller, timeless, and he said after fighting this prospect, He'd like a matchup with a veteran, either a rematch with Cowboy Cerrone or Joe Lozon winner, and he'd like to fight in front of a big crowd again. Miller's last couple have been there at the apex. Joaquin Buckley versus Razak Ahasan thought this was going to be can't-miss fireworks with a knockout-of-the-year potential, fight-of-the-year kind of caliber stuff with two heavy-handed, explosive knockout artists. 
And that's not really what we got. What we got was a much more strategical fight. What we got was a fight that saw the takedowns play a pivotal factor. We saw the striking be close in the first, but Buckley had three takedowns. That wins out when the damage is all equivalent. The second round, uh, Hassan is gun-shy because of that threat of the takedown, and Buckley is able to put his foot on the gas. More strikes wins that round. Third round, we know a takedown's coming, but it's Al-Hassan. Three minutes of top time. Can't find the finish. Told you that first round was close. It's a split decision going in favor of Joaquin Buckley. On the prelims, we saw David Owana with a big comeback. Took a left hook to the eye from Gabriel Benitez. Looked to be in major trouble. But kept moving forward, kept pressing, and off of a Benitez body kick, steps forward and starts throwing until the fight is finished. In all, it's a blitz of 14 straight punches. It looks like about 11 of them land. Benitez runs out of real estate, stuck against the fence, eats a bunch of punches, and goes to sleep. An incredible comeback from Oana. In women's bantamweight action, Stephanie Eager gets pushed against the cage by Jessica Rose Clark. Clark wants to take this one to the ground. Eager hits the judo toss, stepping through. Scarf hole position, transitions to an arm bar. The tap in the first round. Spectacular stuff there from Eager. In the men's featherweight division, Chaz Scully retires in fashion. It's a second round TKO victory. A step in left elbow hurts Mark Striegel. He is able to land a knee off of a break from the clinch. Striegel goes down. Skelly with the hammer fist to the finish. Retires in style. In women's strawweight action, it was a heated contest. The cage control comes into play as Gloria DiPaolo defeats Diana ben uh Belita by unanimous decision. I thought that it was the control time. The second and the third round getting uh, Benita against the fence won out those rounds. Chad Angler, one of the better finishes of the night, defeats Jesse Streeter. A vicious left hook. We're talking about one hit quit there in the third fight of the night. The second fight on the card, we saw a unanimous decision victory for Jonathan Pierce. Expected him to do so, but Christian Rodriguez made him work for it. Six takedowns, 11 minutes of control time. It was not an easy one. Now 3-0 since dropping back down to 145. Keep an eye on Christian Rodriguez. Pierce made guys with on paper, better resumes look like a lot worse fighters. Very impressed even in the loss with the effort from Rodriguez. Pierce, 3-0, 145 is deep, but he's moving up the rankings. And Mario Batista, it's 40, it's, and Mario Batista, it's 72-42 to 42 in strikes and four landed takedowns to defeat short notice opponent Jay Perrin to open up the UFC fight night. Now also on Saturday night we had Bellator 274 Logan Storley, Neiman Gracie in the main event top five welterweights. Storley had lost a split decision to Yaroslav Amosov. He comes off of this split decision loss to Dante Shiro, not looking as crisp, as clean as he did in the loss. Neiman Gracie, he had lost in some big fights. He was on a win streak. I honestly thought that Gracie would be the smoother, more proficient 
striker in this matchup, and that would make the difference because Storley, the wrestler, was not going to want to take it to the ground with Gracie. That much was true. Storley, while well, he would throw Gracie to the ground, would not want to play there, nullifying any of the takedowns. But let's be honest, this was all about the right hook, the left hook, and the right cross of Logan Storley. Being able to put his foot on the gas, show the evolutions of the striking, show what he's gained from having to be in that violent room that is the former Black Zillions team when you're there with Vicente Luque. Gilbert Burns. Those kind of tests. We've seen the evolution now of Storley. His striking looked crisp. You saw Gracie come alive in the championship rounds. But when we go to the judges' scorecards, they all are concise and they all are unanimous. I don't know about five rounds to four, but Logan Storley pulls off the biggest win of his career. He takes that number four, and now you're wondering, and you get to look at it. We got Bellator London. You have the welterweight title fight. You have Venom Page in front of his home crowd against Amoslav trying to get the world title. You have the co-main event with Lima versus Jackson. I think that if the winner of that co-main event pulls off something spectacular, they probably jump into that number one contender spot. But if it's not, Logan Storley could be the next guy up 12-1, a great victory. Further on down the court, you saw spectacular striking, and it only took 38 seconds. A spinning back body kick from Andre Korshakov crushes Chance Renkouter. It was a delayed reaction as Renkouter ate the body kick, tried to get it on takedown, and then fell. There were some follow-up punches, but the body kick did the damage, so much so that it broke five ribs. Andre Korshkov, we'll have news on him in just a moment, but believe me, he's going to be back in a big fight quickly. Davion Franklin, still unbeaten, and this time he goes the distance. A wrestler forced into striking and forced to do it for 15 minutes. We saw jabs, we saw body kicks, we saw the cardio, we still saw the ability to get takedowns when he needed to. The first decision win of Davion Franklin's career, still unbeaten. Proving, proving to those who didn't believe it going in against Sayed Soma, who is coming off of the victory over Vitaly Minikov, Franklin showed that he deserves to be in the top 10 of these Bellator rankings, and it's only up from here after this main card debut. A lot of impressive work there from Franklin, who, again, handful of fights in his career. So much experience needed to be gained, and he showed Great levels to his striking game. So Bellator, you also saw Nick Brown with the two right hands, then out grappling, taking Mondo Nas back and landing the ground and pound on the prelims. And Jalen Bates with another submission victory. Bellator 274, there were some big finishes and we saw some contenders born out of prospects. It was a great night for Bellator. Now we're going to talk about the news. Move over to that next segment. UFC announcements. UFC Fight Night on February 26th. This weekend's that we're about to preview. The big change. Benil Dariush is out. And Islam Mahashev is facing Bobby Green. It's going to be a 160 pound catch weight. That news had to be said even before we get there. Huge breaking news. Bobby Green, second fight in two weeks trying to make history, trying to literally upset the entire rankings here. 
And it's a major move of bravery in showing what kind of fighter Green is stepping up on short notice to replace Daryush. Also in a crazy story, Jennifer Gonzalez is out and Yosana Nunes will now be facing Ramona Pasquale. That one is was originally going to be at Bantamweight and is now up at Featherweight. Gonzalez never fought in the UFC and has been released. When USADA showed up to test her, apparently there was some complications in locating her and that's led to Gonzalez no longer being a part of the UFC. Not to mention, Johnny Parsons is out and Rahimaz Brahima is jumping in to face Michael Gilmore in welterweight action this weekend. This card, topsy-turvy, and we'll preview it all in just a moment. UFC London on March 19th has seen a change to the card as Mike Davis is out in Ilir. Taporia is stepping in to face Jai Herbert. That's a lightweight bout. Montel Jackson is out and Donna Batgrell will now face Chris Gutierrez. At, and that one is UFC Columbus on March 26th. The UFC fight night on April 16th has gained Jordan Levitt versus Victor Martinez at lightweight and Myron Breno Souza versus Wu Yan at bantamweight. The UFC fight night on April 30th has gained at featherweight Darren Elkins versus Tristan Conley. And in the men's flyweight division, Carlos Candelaria will take on Tatruya Taira. We got a couple notes on Bellator. Bellator 276 has added in a huge one in the metalweight division, possibly a number one contender's bout. John Salter versus unbeaten Johnny Eblin. Bellator 277 announced for April 15th at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. Featherweight World Championship rematch is the headliner, and it's AJ McKee defending against the man he took the title from, Patricio Pitbull Friday. And the other main event of the card will see the finals of the light heavyweight World Grand Prix as champion Vadim Nemkov battles. Corey Anderson, the winner takes away the world title, the Grand Prix title, and a million dollars. Bellator London has two editions. Leoto Machida is going to be taking on Fabian Edwards at middleweight. And at 175 pounds, Paul Daly's opponent has been announced, and it'll be Andre Korshikov. LFA has announced that March 11th they'll be in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. It'll be the promotion's second trip and third event in the country. Main event is a featherweight title fight. Johannes Brahano will take on Rafael Barbosa for the vacant championship. And the vacant welterweight title is on the line as Gabriel Bonfim and Cuomo Otani battle. Both guys were in the LFA one-night welterweight tournament at LFA 112, and both were injured and unable to continue. Now, Eagle FC has announced March 11th, Eagle FC 46. couple names that you guys will recognize there. The main event, Albuquerque's own, Diego Sanchez, the original Ultimate Fighter, taking on Kevin Lee, and it will be at 165 pounds. Being said, that will be the super lightweight division, heavyweight title fight, We'll see Eagle FC heavyweight champion Rizan Kuniev against UFC vet Anthony Hamilton. Albuquerque's Ray Borg takes on Bellator vet Ricky Bandejas. And UFC vet Ipika Sanganai will take on Ramid Magomed Daliev. 
from the news of the last week to this weekend's fights. Start off with what's going on on UFC Fight Pass. Because Thursday night, they have Roy Jones Jr. Boxing. Friday morning from Singapore, Bleacher Report has the main card. You have one championship, full circle, three world title fights. The main event, two division, world champion, Renate Ryder, 14-0, defends his middleweight championship against one welterweight champion, Kareem Abbasov. And the one heavyweight kickboxing world title is on the line as Roman Kalakia faces Murat Igun. And then in your third and final world title fight, it's Petch Murat, Petch Chindmi, and Jamal Yusup battling over the one Super Series Muay Thai featherweight world title. Plus, you'll also see the trilogy bout between former world champion Ang La and Sang and Vitaly Big Dash. Then on UFC Fight Pass... Later in the evening, or later on in the morning, excuse me, you have UAE Warriors 25 from Africa. That's about Friday mid-morning that you can tune into Bellator 275. It's Bellator from Dublin, Ireland. It's live, live, live main card on Showtime, 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific going live overseas. Good to see Showtime not just forcing us to watch it on tape delay, giving people the opportunity to check out Bellator 275 live. Middleweight world title fight in the main event. Gegu Musasi defending against undefeated Austin Vanderford. Musasi a three-fight win streak. The split decision over Leona Machida, let's be honest, Musasi did more damage than that one. Beat Douglas Lima for the vacant middleweight title. Shut down Lima's attempt at infamy. And then defended it against John Salter recently. Taking Salter down and showing the tooth of the Musasi ground game. 6-1 and one so far in Bellator. In this run, it's been incredible now seeing... Musasi win the title twice, the defense, but he did lose it against Rafael Lovato Jr., having his ground game ultimately put to the test. Austin Vanderford, hard-nosed wrestler, aggressive jiu-jitsu. His last two wins, decisions over Vinicius de Jesus and Fabian Edwards. He's going to have to get past that Musasi jab, try to get on the legs, and Vanderford's going to want to get on top position and look to ground and pound Musasi. We've seen that be the one chink in the armor that Musasi's had in this Bellator run, but with five times as much professional experience as Vanderford, it's easy to understand why Musasi, at this point, has to still be a heavy favorite. He is light years ahead of Vanderford as far as fight IQ and as far as stri- striking acumen. Now, if you want to use athleticism and sure raw raw horsepower, Vanderford definitely would get the checks in those categories. But being there and having done that, I think, matters so much. And the experience, again, five times is in favor of Musasi. So five times over, I'm picking the champion to retain the title. 
co-main event is now a women's featherweight bout between Sinead Kavanaugh and Liam McCourt. That one bumped up after the original co-main event, Peter Quilly, having to pull out this week. Karrion Clark, 4-0, two wins by Rear Naked Choke versus Abu Tamarka is also on the main card. Marka, Tamarka, seven wins, six by knockout. Kashid Magomed Sharapov, yes, a relative of that Magomed Sharapov. He's 6-0. Five finishes, three submissions, two knockouts. Going to be taking on an 11-1 Jose Sanchez from Spain. Three wins by rear naked choke. Unbeaten Jornel Lugo kicks off the main card with quite the test. Taking on 22-fight vet Brian Moore. We know that Moore has very slick striking. This one should be fun staying on the feet. On the prelims, there's three nuggets of gold that I want to circle. Brett Johns has to get back into the win column and has to show why he was such a acclaimed free agent acquisition by Bellator. Has to rebound from that loss to Danny Sabatella. He's taking on Kershed Kokharnov, who's 8-0, 6 wins by knockout, and is hungry to steal what is left of the talk that Johns has produced, but being relegated all the way to preliminaries has to hurt when you were that kind of free agent coming over. So much pressure. In women's strawweight action, you have Danny McCormick, 5-0, four of those wins coming in Bellator, taking on Stephanie Page. Not often you get to see the women's strawweights featured there on Bellator, but McCormick coming out of that SBG Ireland camp. And Drog Kelly, Makes his pro debut. Eight wins according to Topology. All finishes as an amateur against Junior Morgan, who's 3-0. All three wins by finishes as a professional. So that's mid-afternoon Friday. Bellator back-to-back weeks. And here is a world title fight. Friday night, PFL Challenger Series 2. You have the welterweights in action. The name standing out on this card to me is Carlos Lea, the former LFA welterweight champion. Also Friday night, Ultimate Warrior Challenge 31 is going on on UFC Fight Pass. At the same time, you have LFA 125, the first time the promotion is in New York, Niagara Falls. We have a women's strawweight title fight in the main event. The winner will become the fourth woman to wear this belt. Jacqueline Amore, 4-0, the 2021 LFA Female Fighter of the Year. Incredible jiu-jitsu, three wins by submission. And her last one was a 10-second knockout. Taking on Levitt, Young, 3-1-1. Young has won the King of the Cage title and is coming off of back-to-back wins in the LFA by knockout. This is an explosive one. Amore's jiu-jitsu should play a big role in deciding who wins this fight because I think the striking is that close that Jacqueline is gonna need to rely on the area where she has the obvious advantage. The co-main event is in the welterweight division. Solomon Renfro, 8-2, taking on Adam Fugit, who is 7-2. Renfro, recognize him? from losing a split decision to Jamie Pickett on the Contender Series. His last three wins come in the first round. Two by technical knockout and one by Anaconda Choke. 
Fugat, a Kimura, a rear naked choke, a TKO, a three fight win streak, and has won or and has won six of his seven victories overall by finish. So the guy comes out not wasting time and looking to put you away. We also have in the featherweight division, very interesting fight as Michael Stack, six and one, takes on Chow Garrigo, seven and three. Stack is one, three of four inside of the LFA. Chow, last two wins, a submission and a flying knee. Expect fireworks in that one. Saturday morning, Poland, KSW. You can check that out at KSW.tv. KSW 67. Heavyweight title fight. Phil DeFries looks for his sixth defense when he takes on Darko Stoinich. Stoinich coming in on a three-fight win streak since parting ways with the UFC. On UFC Fight Pass, you're going to also see UAE Warriors 26. That one coming from Arabia. And Fight Club Rush 11. Not to mention Saturday night UFC Vegas 49. It's again an early start time. The prelims, those are going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern. Main card at 7 p.m. Eastern. We mentioned it earlier on in the show. The main event's complexion has changed. Benil Daryush out. Bobby Green coming off of that win that I was there live to see at UFC 271. Beating Nasrat Haraquest is jumping in on short notice to take on Islam Mahachev. Mahachev, nine fight win streak. But overall, let's be honest. We love you, Bobby Green. But there are going to be a portion of the audience already saying this is not the type of fight that earns Mahachev a world title fight. And that was the expectation. Darius Mahachev was supposed to give us a number one contender leading in to, we know, at UFC 274, Charles Oliveira is fighting Justin Gaethje. It's already going to hit the palate wrong, already hit the ear wrong, when you say Bobby Green is who Islam beat for a number one contender's fight. Forget all that. Tried and true veteran, 29 wins, has done a lot of great work inside of the octagon. Great work also, Islam Mahashev is earning, earning that number one contender spot, nine fight win streak. 2021, pick any one of his three wins, all three submissions. Drew Dober, Tiago Moises, Dan Hooker. Ten submissions overall, and the last three have come against the highest of high competition. Three guys hovering within that top ten to within that top five to top twenty range. Not to mention three wins by knockout. Bobby Green, he knocked out Al Iaquinta in that UFC 271 decision that I mentioned. You kind of forget the great work, but it is coming off the heels of decision losses to Rafael Fazis. That guy is in the top 10. The loss that could stick out is, oh yeah, Thiago Moises was able to land some bombs, able to mix in some takedowns, and that kind of thwarted the offense of Bobby Green. We just mentioned how Islam cut a hole right through Tiago Moises in submitting him. There's no doubt that if this was just a kickboxing match, I'm giving the obvious advantage to Bobby Green. He's much more smooth. He's much more fluid. His feints, his fakes, his ability to read what strikes are coming at him and make you miss. He also is no slouch with his takedown defense. 
But Islam Mahashev has proved to be on a different level right now. Yes, he did get knocked out once in his UFC career, but outside of that, he's been pretty damn close to perfect. Not as perfect as his coach, but I think we're on to seeing something special with Mahashev. And I don't think, as great as the story as it is, as good of a right hand and as sneaky as a jab that Bobby Green possesses with the striking down, with his hands at his hips... I don't think it's going to be enough to thwart everything that the Russian wrestler is bringing into the matchup. The co-main event, well, at least what I saw is listed as the co-main event. Hopefully it gets changed up. Right now I saw it's Misha Serkinov versus Wellington Thurman. Thurman and that is at middleweight. Serkinov lost a split decision in his middleweight debut to Christoph Jocko, but he does have eight submissions and five knockouts. Talk about a guy that needs to regain some of the momentum, some of the pizzazz that was behind him when he made his UFC debut, when he looked like a sure-fired light heavyweight title challenger. On the other side, Thurman, he's also had his struggles. Two and three inside of the UFC with... Two losses by first round knockout, but he does have seven submissions and four knockouts of his own right, coming off of a split decision win over Sam Alvey. I really think whoever gets on top position in the grappling is going to come out in the better of this one. And as far as it goes on the feet, it could just be ugly. We also have, in my opinion, what should be the real co-main event. Hopefully this one ends up there by fight night. Maybe I was just looking at the wrong lineup when I was configuring how I was putting the show together. But at lightweight, Joel Alvarez, 19-2, versus Armin Tashurian, who is 17-2. Alvarez, a four-fight win streak. Two wins by knockout, two by submission. He beat Joe Duffy, Alexander Yakov, Tiago Moises. Yes, Tiago Moises is so good. We're going to keep talking about all the guys that have beat him recently on this show, uh, but did not make weight for two of those fights, did Joel Alvarez. Tashurian on a four-fight win streak of his own, including wins over... OAM, yes, Olivia Aubameyang, Davi Ramos, Matt Frivola, all by decision, and then a first round knockout of Christos Yagos. Yagos jumping in on short notice. The winner of this fight, assuming Alvarez, who at 6'3 probably really is a welterweight, and after two fights in a row of missing weight, should have to fight in that weight class. Nonetheless, the winner here is knocking on the door at 115 pounds. I'm taking Tashurian because I just can't trust Alvarez to make the weight. But both guys, a lot of pluses. A lot of great striking that they offer up. Alvarez threatens with his submissions because of that incredible length. Tashurian, great wrestling skills on his own right. That one, definitely fight of the night. That one, the real co-main event. And hopefully it gets put in that position by the time we get to fight night. Middleweight division. This one also highly appealing. Gregory Rodriguez versus Armin Petrosian. Rodriguez 11-3. The former LFA middleweight champion. A four-fight win streak. Three of those coming by knockout. Petrosian 6-1. All of those wins by knockout. Coming off the contender series. Getting the main card spot in his octagon debut. The featured prelim. Ignacio Bajamundes 12-4 against Rong Zhu. 18-4. Bajamundes' contender series win came by front kick. 
last win, the wheel kick of Roosevelt Roberts. In between those two, yeah, there was a loss, but it was a split decision to one of the best technical strikers in MMA, John McDessie. No shame in the game of Baja Mondays, who is on the rise. Rongju, he's won 11 of 12, and in his Octagon debut, it was a TKO of Brendan Jenkins, and all 11 of those wins have been finishes. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the show. Romana Pasquale is jumping in on short notice to take on Justana Nunez. Nunez, five of her eight wins are knockouts. Pasquale, four of her six wins are knockouts. These two ladies are going to slug it out. At least that's my hopes. The lightweight division also has another treat for us as Terrence McKinney, 11-3, takes on Fars Zamin, who is 12-3. Come on, you remember the dynamic octagon debut of Terrence McKinney, a four-fight win streak, all for our first-round knockouts. Zamin, back-to-back wins by decision. He's going to have the length and reach advantage here. Both guys, I think, want to keep this one standing. It should be a banger. Women's strawweight action. Goldie Hong coming in off of a armbar in September of Emily Whitmire is going to take on Jin Yu Frey, who's won two by decision. Hong has the more well-rounded ground game, where Frey will look to keep this one standing. Alejandro Perez takes on Jonathan Martinez in the bantamweight division. Pettis is 7-2-1 in his octagon career and will be the more likely party to take this one to the ground. Where Martinez, 5-3 in the UFC, 7 wins by knockout. That's half of his wins. And opening up the card, Victor Altamirano, the former LFA 5-weight champion, takes on Carlos Hernandez. Altamirano, a 4-fight win streak. He has, of his 10 wins, Four different varieties of submissions in those ten mixed in. And Hernandez comes in on a six-fight win streak. Ever since losing his pro debut, the man has been on a tear and has found three of those wins by rear naked choke. Cut. And we finish up the week on Fight Pass on Sunday. Fury FC 58, heavyweight main event. Austin Lane defends the belt against Eric Langsford. The card will include CFFC, LFA, and UFC vets, contender series vets. It's a star-studded card there on Sunday to finish up the weekend of action. Don't forget to check out the After Hours Podcast Network. That's MMA After Hours and Pro Wrestling After Hours. You can also catch up with me talking the whole world of sports on Mike Adams 2.0. Search for all of those where the same place you search for the Cage Minds Podcast. The website is cageminds.com. It's Cage Minds MMA Show on YouTube. And go to nmproshop.com to pick up the merchandise. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.